What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Dr. Diamond Doug. Triple D. And with me tonight is my co-host, Mr. Miggity Mac. That's me. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook page at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with attitude. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some uh, potty language, Uh, some bad language. That's not really our style. So we'll try to keep this rated PG-13 with uh, mild profanity, family-friendly violence. and and, Just uh, one side boob. One side boob, yes. Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause the episode, watch the movie, and come back later. With that said, tonight... We'll be talking about season seven, Pantheon nomination number one, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Nominated by Brad McBoom, guest voter, Ryan Smith. Before we get to any of that, let's chat about Pantheon. Set let's the do. stage for this new season. Let's talk about what Pantheon is. Mr. Miggity Mac, what is Pantheon? Pantheon movies hit on all cylinders. Acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, special effects. They are essential viewing and they have that X factor. Yeah. Yeah, the, they are the best of their genre. There are nine members on the AV Council and every three weeks a council member nominates a movie. Everyone else on the council votes yes or no with their reasons. They do a write-up. In addition, there's a guest voter, Ryan Smith in this case. And then all of our AV Facebook Mm -hmm. community also votes, and their community vote counts as one. So a total of 11 votes between nine council members, a guest voter, and the Facebook poll. And each movie needs a two-thirds majority or seven yes votes to get into Pantheon. That was a fantastic review of what pantheon is thank you this is our uh our own special shelf of movies that it's not necessarily the best movies like uh, on a on a like uh, on the afi uh uh, top 100 everything yes we do have some movies like like casablanca or or uh uh, singing in the rain. Yeah, uh, Miami uh, Connect. Oh no, that well, Miami didn't Connection make it. didn't Sorry, make it. But there, there are other ones that you 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 might go. Oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. Like Who Framed Roger Rabbit exactly. or or Karate Kid. And or, there are movies that are in the top ten best of whatever list that have not made. Pantheon. Like Taxi Driver. Last there you year. go. Well, so the reason that th- that uh, that Brad McBoom is the number one nomination slot is because he won the Facebook poll at the end of the year where all the council members put in movies and said to the Facebook community, which ones do you like the best? They pick it. They pick it. They picked his, which was Karate Kid. Yep. It was timely. You know, Cobra Kai is out. It waxed on. It waxed off. And it's He waxes on. He waxes off. I think he does wax. I've heard he waxes. Well, so his nomination is number one this year. It sets the tone for this season. All right. Uh, As a little bit of foreplay as we're moving into a movie that... You, that it's not Casablanca, that's for sure, right? No. Uh, it's not Schindler's List. No. It's, it's not Taxi Driver, which didn't Mm-mm. make it in, but Mm-mm. it is a movie that could be described as a nostalgic uh, type movie, a, a movie that was made for kids. Yep. Watched as a kid. Yep. Uh, and then now as adults, you're like, this is the best well, movie ever. You my know? kids watched yeah, it, but yeah. yes. Yeah, as, as did mine. <laughs> so uh, a little foreplay. Uh, like when you were I don't know, 10, 12 years old, uh, what, what are some some nostalgic 
gems for you that came out in those yeah, years. So yeah. well, I picked like a little era. I was like 9, 10, 11 this time frame. But like Rocky mm-hmm. came out. Uh, Star Wars A New Hope. They just called it Star Wars back then. Kids, mm-hmm. little known fact. Wouldn't call it A New Hope at first. Uh, and then uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And uh, Jaws. How about any movies that you watched as a kid, thought they were the best, and now as an adult, you're like, I don't know about that. Someone tried to convince me that was Highlander, but that person's a liar! That person is sounds like an intelligent person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. No, you know, I've, I've gone back and watched the movies that as a kid I thought were just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And now I watch them and I'm like, huh... So I know Beastmaster like holds a special place in a lot of people's and heart. And I think that movie really held up. But here's the thing: it has not <laughs> held up, shut, but it still holds a special place in my heart. Your dirty mouth, not even a little bit. Well, I, uh, for me in my list, I'm going to start with Beastmaster. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I in, convinced my parents to go see Be- Beastmaster oh, in the theater, wow. telling them this movie's going to be amazing. And then we watched it, and we left there, and they never. For the rest of my life, to you allowed me to recommend a movie to this day. Yeah. They won't watch movies I recommend. You know, also on my list, and these are movies that came out uh, like for me, nineteen eighty-five, give or take. Our first VCR, we get some VHS tapes, and the first ones that we get are Gremlins, Teen Wolf, but also at the time, you know, the kid movie RoboCop. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, very child yeah. friendly, very family. Well, friendly. yeah, I've gone back and watched Teen Wolf, yeah. and that does not quite hold up even no. you know I, gremlins has a special place in my heart sure. but like it's uh it's it's not the same movie as i watched when i was a kid let's let's just say that uh, uh still good movie but it's like yeah <laughs> the, the dark crystals puppet work was better than the gremlins <laughs> let's just go with that well the uh so let's get into chatting now about the nostalgic gem of teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah. which has been very uh, very much talked about on the A- Adventures in Videoland Facebook page. At this point, like yeah. Over 200 uh, votes, uh, yes votes uh, had come in. I think so. Um, uh, it was 187 earlier today, but like, there's tons of comments, tons of votes. This is one of the m- bigger voted on ones that I've seen in a for long a while. time. Of course, it's a big comeback, too. So, right? We haven't anything to talk about. What, so let's run down the movie facts. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It is rated PG. It's an action comedy movie, kids movie, directed by Steve Barron. I keep wanting to say Steve Bannon every time I read that. Every time I see his name, uh, I think the, the <coughs> Cohen goes in there somewhere. He did lots of music videos including take on me by aha the you know the black and white one right there he's literally done music videos for i would say the top 25 acts over the past 30 years and uh doesn't have as many movie credits to his name but no one of the other probably more well-known uh movie credits is coneheads sure 1993 screenplay by todd w langan uh bobby herbeck and based on teenage mutant ninja turtles uh, the comic book by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, produced by Kim Dawson, Simon Fields, David Chan, music by John Dupre, cinematography by John Fenner, edited by William D. Uh, Gordine, Sally Mank, James uh, Simons. It was in theaters March 30, 1990. Mm-hmm. Runtime, 93 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Studios, Golden Harvest Productions, Limelight, and 888 Productions. Just a quick question. Golden Harvest, is that also uh, uh, Power Rangers? Or am I mixing up those two? Doesn't matter. Sorry, sorry. I thought that was a, yeah, you know. I think so. 
the uh, I thought that was a different name, but That's fine. the uh, people can uh, chime in on. Yeah, they that should uh, use their Google machine. Look that one up. Distributed by New Line Cinema, and was we were watching this together, I was oh. like, they did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? I yeah. missed the New Line Cinema <laughs> logo. It just doesn't exist anymore. Well, this is starring uh, Judith Hogue, Elias Codius, uh, Josh Pace as voices Raphael, Brian Tochi, Leonardo, Corey Feldman, Donatello, Corey. Robbie Rist, Michelangelo, Kevin Clash as Splinter. This is not counting any of the people who did body work for the Turtles. No, no. Just who are also other actors. Just like uh, you've got Darth Vader was voiced by one, mm. acted by another. Uh, and then you have David McSharon, voice of Shredder. And then also... Starring a young Sam Rockwell. Yeah. In the character listed as Head Thug. Yeah, Head Thug. He's quite uh, the dancer, I understand. The, uh, uh, known for his line, regular or menthol. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, synopsis of the movie from IMDb. Four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles emerge from the shadows to protect New York City from a gang of criminal ninjas. Just to clarify. Yup. Are they teenagers? They're teenage. Wait, but are they turtles? They're turtles. And how can they be human-like? They're also, like, I think they're technically tortoises. I mean, like, they, right. they're on the land. Uh, turtles would like be in the water. Like, they've mutated? But, I mean, they were, like, box turtles or, like, painter sure. turtles. But now they're, uh, yeah. And then, and, then, and then they're also ninjas. Yes, but they're definitely ninjas. Awesome. Yeah. And they're going to fight crime. They're going to fight the Foot Clan. Uh, yes. Which is a, a take on the hand. Tequila. No, the hand oh. <laughs> from Daredevil. Oh, right. So yeah. they, they did a play on that right there. The hand and foot. So as far as movie reviews are concerned, the ratings of this IMDb puts it at a 6.8 out of 10. Metacritic has this, with critics, middle of the road 51, mm. which is not really middle of the road. That's down towards mm. the bottom. If you get a 51 in school, you're going to fail. Yeah. yeah uh, that's, tw- uh, that's based on 21 reviews, user score of 7.8. Rotten Tomatoes has this at 41%, which is one of the lower rated movies that we've looked at. However, the audience score is what? 81%. Yeah. Google has this at 83% liking the film. So, uh, give me some Rotten Tomato reviews. uh, Sure. A a fresh and a rotten. Yeah, so uh, fresh. Tim Brayton (laughs) from Antagony and Ecstasy. I thought they actually said just agony and ecstasy, mm. but it doesn't. Anyway, the unapod- unapologetically hokey humor and dialogue and characters have their charms for sheer late 80s kitsch value. There you go. Yeah, then Rotten. Uh, this is Carrie Rickey from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Ninja Turtles is cluttered and flashy. In terms of plot, there's not much flesh on its bones. Yeah, and when, Ooh, you're, looking through, when you're looking through the reviews... It's way easier to find rotten ones. Oh, that's uh, usually the opposite. You yeah. usually have to dig and dig yeah, and dig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Metacritic, and this is just collecting different reviews from different places as well. Uh, Cliff Wheatley, IGN. Metacritic takes the review, gives it a rating. They rate his rate, his review as an 80. Okay. Uh, it's not simply cashing in on popularity of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon, but it's actually a thoughtful, emotional, and challenging movie about the loss and reconstruction of a family. It's got lots of hilarious one-liners and Ninja Action 2, making it one of the most well-rounded comic book movies that's not afraid to hold reverence to the source material while also having some fun with it. Yeah. So, give me Roger Ebert. How about Ebert. Roger Ebert from the Chicago Sun-Times? They, uh, they rate his review a 63. The most interesting part of the film, for a non-Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, is the production design, the sewers and the city streets above them. 
Roy Forge Smith is a designer and seems inspired by a low-rent vision of Batman, or maybe Metropolis. Not wrong. Not wrong. Not wrong. No, on, on a, it is a low-budget version. And there is some direct comparisons over to the uh, Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. Uh, Janet Maslin. We're gonna, we didn't scrape the bottom of the barrel. There is a zero in the list, but I, went, I'm, I didn't get that one. But um, we went Janet Maslin, New York Times. Uh, right, the Metacritic rates this as a 40. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was directed by Steve Barron who has a number of music videos to his credit and shows off the skills of Jim Henson's Creature Shop, without which there would have been no film at all. She's saying the creatures were great. <clears throat> yeah. The con- There's a period at the end of that sentence. Yeah. yeah. The, the con- <laughs> like, I liked the costumes. His costumes were fabulous. Moving along. Well... From the Hoi Polloi, Metacritic Hoi Polloi review. And reviews. we're taking a break. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. At the top, we're taking a break from Spangle because uh, he Wait. hasn't showed up in forever. And no Spangle? He's not there as well. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. Spangle, not sure what happened. I hope you're cool. I hope you're healthy. Family's all good and everything. But seriously, get off the pot and write some yeah, reviews, man. You know, come on. All right. I know Spangle listens to this podcast. Yeah. So we, clearly. Yeah. Uh, one of right. our four listeners. <laughs> well, he might even be two. He uses on his phone and his laptop. Metacritic Hoi Polloi reviews, uh, 7.8, uh, 27 positive, 6 mixed. Uh, Loki the Goat King, uh, rated 10. This movie was a really great blend of cheesy humor of the cartoon and the gritty feel of the comics. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid, and I still love it now. And James Farmer has this as an 8. An unpopular opinion of mine is that it is better than the original series. Mm mainly because this is more accurate to the 1984 comics, and that they don't tell as many cheesy jokes. One thing I don't get is why all the turtles, except Raphael, have Southern Californian accents despite being raised by a Japanese rat in Manhattan. But it's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun movie. It's not Oscar-worthy, so don't ex- uh, expect, expect it to be genius like other films from 1990. I didn't look up other genius films from 1990, uh, but uh, I'm sure there's a couple. At some point, well, I'll, I'll check Google out. Machine yeah. on that. So how about some of our AV Facebook comments and reviews? Uh, Naomi Ray says, Harold the Duck is a better bad movie. Read that one more time. Harold the Duck is a better bad movie. Harold the Duck. Yeah. Naomi, you uh, know Harold I love the Duck. you, Naomi. I really do. It, 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 it is Howard, but I think there was a response, something along the lines of, is Harold the Duck the porn version of Howard the Duck? Don't know. But anyway, uh, you get her point. Yes. Uh, Steve Spikerman says, yes, but I need to rewatch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990. Uh, Brandon Saltzman says, dude, I still watch this movie when it comes... Hold on. He says, dude, dude, I still watch this movie when it comes on. It was my fave movie as a child. Because Brandon talks that way. Uh, Jackie Dillman Eric says, my gut reaction is yes, but at the same time, I know that nostalgia may not allow me to have an unbiased opinion. I do absolutely forking love this movie to this day, though. And uh, <laughs> I, I corrected that for our listeners. Forking. Yeah. Oh, I get it. She means flipping. Yes. George West says, good film, but not Pantheon board. Michael Phillips, I haven't voted in a while, but this one I feel strongly enough about to vote yes. Uh, Marlon Morales says, it is the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to this day, so I say 
Yes. Scott Heard Liska posted a letter. Kenny Giff of hard no. <laughs> Everybody can see that, the Giff right in their eyes right now. Arch Stanton. I loved this when I was a kid, but it looks very dated when I rewatched it. Now, Seth Fisher wrote a bit of a tome, but uh, he's got some points here. He says, oh, my, where to begin? Hold on. When someone starts with that phrase, and Seth, I love you, but when you start with that phrase, it is going to be long. Buckle up, buttercup. Oh, my, where to begin? This film goes way back for me, and I honestly think that it has withstood the test of time. This is comic book filmmaking 101 in my eyes. It's the perfect blend of between the comics, dark and cartoon, lighthearted, making it awesome for all ages. Tie that together with the Henson puppets, puppets with voice acting, the human performances, Judith Hogue and Elias Codius, and that sick score from John Dupre's John Dupre. John mm -hmm. Dupre. I personally think that you have the best version of TMNT ever created. I say yes to Pantheon. Uh, Paul Roman says, late 80s, early 90s knew how to do kids' movies. They didn't pander or talk down. They treated us like the capable little consumers <laughs> that we are. That we are. Vincent Suarez, and one of the favorite comments that I saw in the whole thread, so I save it for last. He says, being asked to vote on this reminds me of what was said by a film professor who allowed the class to collaborate on the viewing schedule. Guys, we can't screen every film you loved when you were 12. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, other 90 movies. Uh, yes. We've got Total Recall, Misery, Arachnophobia, Edward Scissorhands, Godfather Part 3. <laughs> oh, right? oh, Misery. Goodfellas, Kings of New King of New York, uh, The Hunt for Red October, and Tremors, among others. Uh, there was two. There and, were at least two genius movies in that Troll mix. 2, 3. Three genius movies. <laughs> Three genius movies in that mix. All right. Run us through your receipts. Yeah, let's talk about the receipts. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, released 1990. It was a 93-minute movie, directed, of course, by Steve Barron. Uh, and as you said, he's best known as a music video director with dozens of top bands. Had a production budget of $17.5 million. Domestic gross of $135.3 million. Worldwide, over $202 million. Average ticket price in 1990, $4.22, which gives us our patented, trademark, copyrighted butts in seats index calculation, where you divide the average ticket price by the domestic gross of 32 million, 32 million butts in seats, yeah. well above the Fight Club standard. Yeah, like four times easily higher than the Fight Club standard. In comparison, so why don't you give me one of the <clears throat> comparisons here? Batman, 1989, 126 minutes by Tim Burton. Yes, that Tim Burton production budget of 35 million, domestic gross 251.3 million worldwide, 411.5 million. Average ticket price in 1989, $3.99 for a BSI of $63 million, about twice what you had for Teenage Mutant Ninja and Turtles. I probably represented 400 of those $63 million Wonderful. right there, just myself. Uh, three <clears throat> Ninjas. Ha, huh, there's a curveball you didn't expect. Did not expect that. March 13th, 1992, an 84-minute, little quickie little movie mm -hmm. by John Turtletop. He did the, both National Treasure movies and Cool Runnings and a bunch of other stuff, uh, mostly TV stuff. Production budget of $6.5 Domestic gross, $29 million. Uh, Worldwide, the same number. Apparently wasn't distributed globally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, butts and Seats Index. Average ticket price of $4.15 means... This had a seven million butts in Almost seats. Almost right in at the Fight Club at standard the Fight Club of seven point three million. Seven point three. 
Yeah, so we have the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in 1995, a natural comparison of 95-minute film by Brian Spicer. Also, uh, loads of TV, 24 Heroes, Man in the High Castle, excellent show. Mm -hmm. yeah, I like it, X-Files and CSI. Production budget of $20 million. Domestic gross, $38 million. Worldwide, 66 Average ticket price in 1995, $4.35. For a BSI of $8.8 .8 And then I thought, you know, uh, why don't we compare another sort of blockbuster from the same era? Mm -hmm. uh, and I went with Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. the, the original Ghostbusters movie, 105 minutes, Ivan Reitman. Uh, we all know Ivan Reitman, but he did Meatballs, Stripes, Kindergarten Cop. Didn't know that one. Uh, even Evolution, one of my kids' favorite movies yeah. of all time. A production budget of $30 million. Domestic gross of $243.5 million. Worldwide, $296.5 Average ticket price in 1984 was $3.36 for a BSI of 72.5 million butts in seats. All compared, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did 32 million. Fabulous returns. And big, big profit. They made 10 times. They had $13.5 million budget. Mm -hmm. Made 13, 135 million in return. Ghostbusters times. the same. 10 times. Yeah. So nothing to sneeze at nope. there. Nope. All right, before we read out uh, uh, some excerpts from Brad's nomination, uh, that we do have some stuff on the table and so, uh, a few a little shout-out to mention. Think, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, this one's got a bow <clears throat> on it. It makes it a gift. Yeah, like from time to time, council members will uh, send us little... Um, bribes, bribes, yeah. To like sway uh, what we're gonna say on the spot uh, podcast, and we've got a little note. Not, to, now, just to point out, not that what we say on the podcast has anything to do about the council votes oh. but hey you know maybe uh brad says welcome back boys i bought you a bottle of ninjutsu uh that this is terramana tequila right here the this rock. is the reposado uh the the darker version it's very tasty we've been sipping on it yeah it tequila looks like shows wine. up in the movie right it there it does uh kawabunga dudes there is also a little drawing of a penis on here right there oh, look there yeah. it is so. Oh, and it's it's a rocket ship flying backwards. Yeah, yeah. So there's little raindrops coming out of the end of it right there. Uh, in addition to that, that uh, for our viewing of this, that uh, Mr. Brad had also given us a gift card to Domino's Pizza, yes. the pizza featured in the movie and throughout the movie, even though, and we'll get to this a little bit later at yeah. the end of his nomination. It's a little confusing. Pizza Hut was the one who pushed the movie and put it all in their advertisements, <laughs> even though Domino's was the pizza that was eaten hey, all they, throughout. They both got a piece of that pie. Ha -ha. They did. See what I did there? Hardy har har. Oh. All right. For our deep dig on here, we'll start with the nomination that Brad put in a couple of points that he said yes dudes and dudettes major league butt kicking is back in town i have the privilege of nominating the first movie of pantheon season seven with great power comes great responsibility i wanted to nominate something popular and fun to get everybody's juices flowing every time he says things in just a way that seems dirty do you do every you time great power we should talk to him no no it's not the, a teenage juice is just flowing oh anyway i missed it what better way to kick off the season than by nominating the original teenage mutant ninja turtles movie from 1990 so he goes through a couple of things and read his entire thing if you want he to read sprays his yeah. love of this movie it is all over this nomination. Is, if you laid out hot love his review because he wrote a lot of words it yes. would stretch from the window 
to, to the walls. walls. Yes. And it will be dropping down oh, off. Yeah. Anywho, now, so he says, now is, uh, is this movie just nostalgia? Is there something more under the shell? What makes Turtle Pantheon? First off, the tone. It pulls off a hard trick of being gritty and campy and lighthearted all at the same time. Goes on from there. When you say teen, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Jim Henson costume design is the first thing that pops to your head. The suits were state-of-the-art in 1990. They still hold up today. When filmed at the right speed. Uh, yeah. And we'll get to that. <laughs> I think the action's a lot of fun. Talks more. Iconic voice talent. Talks about that. One more thing you want to hit on is the bodacious butt-kicking score and soundtrack. The hip-hop music-infused soundtrack is extremely 90s, but in a good way. Um, and Turtles is one of the most iconic comic book movies of all time. It, it may have its flaws, but there's no denying its charm and unique qualities. With all that said, I hope this movie challenges the group, and it doesn't f just get a free nostalgia pass. Which it won't. Which it people don't won't. play that way. No, they won't. Uh, like there's other movies that have been nominated that yeah. didn't didn't get through. If it gets in, it gets in on its the Princess Bride skills. Being yeah, one right. Uh, fun fact, Pizza Hut engaged in a $20 million marketing campaign tied to the film, despite the fact that Domino's Pizza was used as product placement in the film itself. Items including advertising in print, radio, and television, and sub several rebate coupons. So, uh, Pizza Hut went heavy on the merchandising, mm -hmm. and uh, Domino's definitely had product placement in the film. In the film itself. So... <clears throat> Let's chat about the movie in and of itself, uniquenesses, challenges. I'll throw the ball to, to your court right now. And uh, what, do you, what do you say about this? Well, uniqueness, challenges, uh, insights. Yeah, so I, I, I have to echo a couple of things. They've been said, but I, but I think they bear repeating, is, is the balance between that kind of dark, gritty, uh, not kid-friendly feel. Uh, I think the Batman... Uh, the uh, original Batman had the same feel to it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, the Tim Burton Batman, not the original Batman, but you know what I'm trying to say. But also really catching that comic book feel and and tossing in stuff when things got heavy. They would toss something in. It would kind of lighten it a little bit. I really like that about the movie. I think that was a unique, especially for the time when it came out. Uh, and using henson's puppetry the way they did as if it was live you weren't supposed to just like suspend your disbelief you were supposed to see those as real live mm -hmm. talking mutant turtles and they they did look they did exactly how they were they supposed were, to look as part of like a willful suspension of disbelief and you didn't really need it with those pup with the no, puppets no. and how, uh, how the costumes were designed no. and the martial artists that were in them doing the performances during the fight scenes during even just the movement the the parkour like movement across the rooftops and stuff the that movement and and that the ability of those those performance mm -hmm. artists to do that sold it i i would say like maybe the kitschiest type thing that was related to like costuming wasn't costumes but was when they were trying to show them as like little babies and they were yeah. almost like marionettes and yeah. stuff and it, 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 it almost felt like stop motion or cartoons yeah and it didn't have quite the same level of quality as some of the they even cut to almost the uh they almost cut to almost a cartoon scene and came back i think so and when i was reading up on the film one of the original ideas for the film that lasted like a minute a hot minute at the beginning of production was that kind of like who framed roger rabbit to have the turtles be animated and everybody else live action interacting mm. with them mm. but then they decided nah let's go 
uh, let's go with the let's costumes. Make it work, yeah. And because of some backroom kind of friend deal between uh, Jim Henson and Steve Barron that Jim Henson as a favor was like, yeah, I'll go ahead and make the stuff for you. So yeah. And and I think we talk about this later, a little piece of trivia. I wish I had friends like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. But he barely lived long enough <clears throat> to see the thing even released. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, while he had his own, we can talk later about his uh, Jim Henson's own reservations about the film itself. The, the reservations he had would have taken away from some of what I just talked about that grittiness, that yeah. that realism about the fighting and stuff that made it less Power Rangers and more realistic, more martial arts movie. To be honest with you, now, that, that same sort of like. Uh, Pull your punches went into the cartoon where they couldn't like hit actual Actually people, hit thing, so like yeah. they made like robots or something. I don't yeah. know. No, right? yeah, they destroyed robots because they weren't allowed to kill people. Or yeah, hit and strike people. I'll tell you this: when I watched the film, like, and I haven't seen this thing in I don't know twenty years, like, kind of a thing that we sat down and watched it. I enjoyed it. Like, it it wasn't a movie where I was like, oh, this is a kid movie, and then I watched it. And I'm like, oh, I'm not having a good time. That wasn't my thought at all. I watched the film. I enjoyed myself. I actually watched the 2015, 2016 On version. accident. <laughs> yeah, kind of on accident. It was just what popped up in, when I was searching for it initially on streaming. Uh, and I thought, I don't think this is what he's nominating, but I went ahead and watched it anyway. And it was just either the night before or the morning of you and I watching this yeah. one. And by comparison, it's just night and day. Like yeah. the, 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 the turtles, the action, everything was better in this version than in that one. And they had all the technology in the world to make the 20s whatever yeah. the 2016 one like fantastic right the costumes in this one end up being like the gold standard for they costu- they what costumes do, yeah. when it comes to the to the turtles and i think most people when they talk about this movie if you if you ask them what was like the thing it was the turtles it yeah. was them them themselves uh as far as challenges for this movie like things that would that the the, the council members might go uh i don't know I've heard people talk about the acting this movie being good. I don't think so. I I think that it was passable. Um, I I don't I don't remember a whole lot of believable moments of, of stuff. The for me, just for me, I felt like you know uh, a, a character's nearly dead. A character gets hurt really bad. One's being tortured. Those were always the puppets. You see what I'm trying to say? And it was never like a kid, a person, or whatever. At least not that I recall. So it's kind of like ah. I don't know, like how much acting can nobody's in the costume? It's laying in the bathtub, like that's the acting. But even the lines, you know, I, I love Corey Feldman. I think he's super cool, and I liked. I can't remember anything I've watched of his that I was like, I wasted my time. Even the bad stuff that Corey Feldman was in has been in has been great for me because I just like him. He's a big part of my childhood. But um, you know, he delivers his lines. It's just Corey Feldman. It's not. It's not Donatello. Well, and like for. Uh, as far as like um, other things that the council members might watch this and go, uh, eh, is is really wrestling between parsing the difference between nostalgia mm-hmm. and good film, good film, and is there like and the wrestle the wrestling will be is there enough of what I would consider this X factor that is. About the film, the nostalgia of the film, the 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 way that it spawned so many other things or whatever else from that was that is that enough to cover the sins of the film? Well, and you know we talk about that it's got to be the best of its genre, right? Yeah. And from today's perspective, because we're reviewing it today, from today's perspective, is this the best comic book uh, uh, transition to film? 
we've got a there, there wasn't as yeah. much to compare to before there's a lot to compare it to now yeah and you've got and like how are you going to slice the pie well when you say like com- is it the best or better is it like what are you comparing it to what is right. the genre that you're looking at is it uh is it comic book movies or is it kid-friendly comic book movies or is it uh action movie like like what exactly yeah. are you comparing like that I don't have the answer to that, but right. like that's a question that somebody is going to have to go through in their mind to, is make to the say, decision. how like what am I going to compare this to? Because you're not going to necessarily compare it to Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, like, no. So yeah. what is what is the what is the comparison? Um, and uh, we can jump into any any particular insights before we do this. Any any things that were like big thoughts, insights, or Novel, yes. novel, novel thoughts when you watch. I love the I love the callback to uh, the uh, uh, Pleasure Island from Pinocchio uh, with the kids, the, the the kids thing. They do the same thing with the uh, with the all, almost every modern adaptation of Hook or Peter Pan with the with the island of, of kids who are just out there going crazy and the, the skateboarding, you know, Rufio, yeah. Rufio, like that whole deal. I love that. They didn't do it thinking. They didn't do it with like a oh we're gonna steal it, wink, wink. They were like referencing it i love that i thought it was fabulous i had forgotten about it till we we rewatched the movie yeah uh it was cool that was nice i liked that a lot and i had forgotten that they left the city and came back Mm -hmm. and i thought leaving the city taking it out of that gritty environment and going to an area which to be honest with you reminds me of the place where i spent my junior high in high school just out in the middle of nowhere sort of farmhouse kind of place uh those were cool i'd forgotten about those things and i don't remember those ever being in the cartoon the first time I was ever exposed to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the cartoon yeah. in the 80s, uh, late 80s, and mid to late 80s. And I didn't remember those things being in the cartoon, of course, the cartoon being, you know, what it was. But I did like that they pulled those into this movie because changing the scenery and coming back yeah. was was cool. So let's look at, let's do like a breakdown of the categories that we looked through. Um, acting and casting, how do you feel about that? I, I like the cast. I just didn't feel like the acting was, you know, top, top notch. Well, I would say the guys who did, and it's hard, like, you, you miss them, but the guys who did the martial arts acting in the costumes, that, that was, they, they that was did fabulous. a fa- fabulous job with yep, that. You're right. And, and I, I guess I keep, the, for some reason, those fall into a special effects category, but that's not fair because those are performances They're as acting. well. Yeah. Those are performances as well. But, but I, I, the, the voice acting. And the and the way maybe that was also part of the script, but um, you know, come on, man. Well, and it, the the fact that Raphael had a Brooklyn accent, uh, right. which was uh, was a was because of the actor who was like, hey, let, let's go with this type of John Pays was right. the guy uh, who said let's let's go with that. Um, as far as the others in that they kind of blend together. I feel like some of the cartoons did a better job of How many differentiating and Kawabanga dude and you know what I'm saying? It was like that was yeah. a that was an 80s thing and that's why it got pulled in, right? It was in the comic book that way, but and it, well, I don't, actually I don't recall it being in the comic book that way, but it certainly was in the cartoon that way. And so, you know, that's how it got pulled in. And I could see how someone who's from California would be like, well, if that's what we're yelling, then I'm just going with a California sure. accent, you know. The um that so I like Corey Feldman, like like for me, Raphael top like loved him, and then uh, then you've got Michelangelo was there for comic relief. Right. Leonardo just kind of blends into the background for me, like he's 
not much. And then you got Corey Feldman, who is Corey Feldman. And he stood out. It was Corey Feldman. Yeah. Uh, and I can't say, like, good, bad, otherwise it was just kind of no, like, I liked oh, him. it was Corey. No, I so, liked him. Yeah. As far as the human actors are concerned, uh, that we've got April and Casey Jones, that I liked the guy, I liked uh, Elias, who plays Casey Jones. I did too. It was surprising. I could take or leave April. I don't know. Yeah, she was I, just like a pretty dress who didn't change the whole time. Like she's stinking by the end because she's been <laughs> in sewers and this stuff and no change of clothes. But like I could take or leave her. But Casey Jones, you knew he smelled the minute you saw him. Oh yeah, nothing changed. No, He's like I, uh, yeah. I liked his character. And when I saw the movie the first, the very first time, his character was a surprise to me. It was like I didn't expect that at all. So that was good. Uh, who's the the singer uh, that has all the tattoos on his face uh, now? Uh, he's a white guy, tattoos, um, oh, I'll think of it later. Okay. The, um, the, somebody listening knows automatically who... Did you call uh, in? Our number is 1-800. Yeah. Oh, wait. Nope, we don't have a number. It's not a live show. Sorry, everybody. Uh, anyway, that anytime he comes on, uh, that my son says, you know he smells bad. I was like, how do you know that? <laughs> uh, uh, there's a singer that I won't say... Uh, their name, but when my kids... Post Malone. Post Malone, Post Malone. you're talking about. That's yeah. Was, yeah, it was Post Malone. That when my kids were young, and they, whenever they saw this particular singer, and I, again, I won't say who they are, every one of them will be like, oh, they're sticky. <laughs> <laughs> that person is sticky. Uh, Casey Jones, sticky. Yeah. <laughs> Directing and editing. What do you think about that? Uh, all right. So I did like the, the direction. I liked the, what the director decided. Yeah. I, I love the way they set it up. Uh, but and and I think it was edited well. Matter of fact, one of the editing decisions they made, directing and editing, was filming things at one speed, playing them back faster so yep. they would look better. It was how the costumes looked the way they did. Uh, it's a piece of trivia that I mentioned earlier, but I, I think they did a good job. And I think that this particular director, as we said, you know, this is the kind of thing that he would do. You know, other than getting Tim Burton to film it and make it like quirky as heck, you know, what 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 else? You know, what else would they do to make it really good? Yeah, and this was, I don't know, like not full on an indie film, but kind of on that lower low budget side. I think of things. some of the actors were told that it was basically yeah. an independent film, and that's why their pay was so low. Yeah, Corey Feldman this. went for went fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> is what he got paid for that first film. Oh, I hope he got something on the back end. Um, so as far as the screenplay and story, that's the the next. I, I'll try in and say about that. Actually, Did, was this actually based on a story from? This the is comic a story books? from the comic. Okay, fair. They, they I mean, I know in. the Foot Clan, but I meant the kids <laughs> in the, the island of Lost Boys and the. For me, that I didn't mind the story, but it was it. It there was um, there wasn't a lot of subplot. There wasn't a lot of any extra interesting stuff happening. On the sides. On the side. Uh, and, and any of the kind of like little things that they sort of touched in, like there's a kid here. They could have done they didn't something with April. do much more with the, the kid who... A background of, yeah. of, uh, of Casey Jones, maybe, like where, where you know, what's going on there. And I don't need like a whole backstory or anything, no, just but just like, or dealing like, like let's, let's follow this other side thing that kind of comes back and fills in the story a little bit more not and i don't need tons of it but like the story just felt just kind of bare bones uh when i was watching it when i was watching through it i do feel like they spent their time and money on the effects of making the turtles real yeah and uh the screenplay not really written for me as a 40 you know 
seven year old dude. It was written wow. for kids. So, yeah. You know, I'm old now. Yeah. I just had a birthday. Right. So, yeah. Um, so, but I think it played well for the kids. Yeah, I think like right. and the jokes that sprinkled in there. Um, they didn't. Oh, they didn't necessarily seem out of place. Uh, that they were non sequiturs. Uh, they were. They fit with the what they were trying to do. Cinematography and locations. Great. Yeah. I'm totally cool with all that. I thought the feel of the movie was good. Like I said, even when they cut out to the country and came back, I thought they did a great job with that. I've heard that the uh, the, lo- the the location that they picked uh, for the, uh, the, the 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 I keep calling them the Lost Island of Boys, but the the the, the kids, the th- the thievery place. Also, by the way, a call back to Oliver mm-hmm. and and uh, f- uh, 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 his kids. But um, that that location, I guess, has been used in a number of other films as well. Is this kind of gritty concrete jungle kind of a, yeah. of, a of a cave kind of a place? It was a the uh, the place where the fight scene and everything happened was a uh, defunct concrete uh, factory. factory. So yeah, yeah. Isn't it great. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, and all of that in one particular town in what New Hampshire, uh, New, North. North Carolina is where they filmed oh, that's most right. of North it. Carolina. They filmed the farmhouse in New Hampshire, and then some scenes, a few scenes in New York, New York City itself. Yeah, but that that town uh, in New in uh, uh, North Carolina, yeah, um, had that concrete factory in it. So, what do you think about the score? You know, I I really like the music in this movie, all the way up to the very special uh, uh, Humpty. Singing the, the rap song at the end. It wasn't exactly the digital underground, but it sounded a lot like. I think it. that was actually Humpty singing. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. But I don't the, know. I but think that it was, was weird. I was good with it all the way up to that point, and I was like, "Wow, you just like no Ghostbusters did that by accident. You can't just do that." Yeah, no, it that really felt like a knockoff of Ghostbusters. It did, yeah, it was not cool. Um, special effects, but the rest of it was. Yeah, cool. I love this. I love the rest of it. Special effects, notables. We talked like, about the costumes. We talked about it. The costumes Those are 90% were great. of the special effects right yeah. there. Uh, the fight scenes, which, like I said earlier, I kind of feel like the fight scenes are a part of special effects for a movie. Because um, if they're not done well, no matter how they're shot, no matter what editing you can do a post, they just look bad. Yeah. And I thought they looked pretty good, actually. Uh, anything that you would add as an X factor to the film? Um,. I mean, just overall, the, one of the X factors of this film is just its reception and broad love that it receives. I mean, it, I, I'm not talking about nostalgia. I'm talking about even when it came out, we talked about its numbers. It did really, really well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, another X factor for this film is, uh, for me anyway, is that they, um, they took the time to try to actually make it like the, like the comic books, and on to the cartoons as well, but th- that's a that's a that's a that's a kudo because how many movies have we seen that are comic book translations to big screen and they're not done well? Like you know, like literally sewing uh, Deadpool's face shut yeah. in Wolverine. I mean, you know, I was like, come on, man. But um, uh, th- I think they did a good job with that, and that becomes part of the X factor of this film. So hold on, I've got uh, something special here. Oh sure. The the uh, uh, I didn't tell you that this was going to happen. Oh, but uh, a surprise. since we're talking about the X Factor, yeah. Hold on a second. I'm calling Mr. Brad Hawkins right now. All right, there we go. Uh, Brad, are you on the air? 
Brad, are you on the air? You're muted, Brad. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Okay. Okay, uh, so we're just talking. I, I don't want to take a lot of your time. You're the one who nominated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Gary and I are doing a podcast right now. And uh, we're talking about the X factor of the film. Uh, like, in a few sentences, what would you say the X factor of this film is? Suits. Music. Action. Gold Harvest. I'm in a subway right now. I can hardly hear you. But I'm going to go with Suits. Brad. Corey Feldman. What? Order Gary? me a chicken. You, on, yeah, 12 inch uh, on whole wheat chicken, if you don't mind. Thanks. Yes. The Suits. Uh, all right. Uh uh, I think we oh, lost, we lost him. him. We lost him. All right. So we heard from Brad on. Yeah. Why do we always have to remind him to unmute his microphone? I know. It's, it's like he's an 80 year old man. Well, the question is, and it was a video call, why did he have his shirt off? In, In the, the subway. subway. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. He gives a discount anywho. if they see his nipple. It's, well, it's so weird. That's the side boob I was telling he you. He does look great, though. He's been working out. He does. And he looks great. He does. He looks great. Anyway. Um, yeah, X Factor, and I would say for me for the film is the that there is a bit of an X Factor. I don't know if it's enough for me to push it over mm -hmm. for the sake of conversation, yeah, yeah. but it it has a special place in cinematic history. It does. Now, it came out a decade late for it to have a special place in my heart, I gotta tell you, because it, when it came out, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I my kids, I think, yeah, my kids were too young to take them to the theater to watch it, however... Uh, and so I didn't go see it in the theater, but when I did see it at home, they were, they were cool with it. Probably was on VHS tape, I imagine. Um, and they watched it many times as well as the secret of the ooze and, and, uh, number three, which was, uh, 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 rise of sky. Nope. That's the different movie. Anyway, there was a third one, which Corey yeah. Feldman made it back in the third one again is Donatello. But, um, you know, and these three VHS tapes sat in our VHS tape cabinet for a very you know long time. But um, but it, it wouldn't hold a very special special place in my heart because I didn't see it as a youngster. It wasn't for you. It wasn't. It like, wasn't yeah, made for me. Yeah. So this did get a Kids Choice Award and yeah. it was nominated for a couple other things and it did get a few other awards that were out there. Most of them to do with uh, like from uh, like sci-fi con convention award sure. movie it, it yeah, got a nomination for that well, can you imagine you but, go to a sci-fi yeah. co uh, convention and here comes the suits on stage yeah, that, I it's think just it was gonna the, go crazy I think it's the right? saturn awards or something but anyway kids choice award winner for best film mm -hmm. um some fun facts about the film we talked about some fun facts already uh highest grossing independent film until blair witch project in 1999 uh, having made 135 million in domestic box office, plus um, an, yeah, plus yeah. another 66 globally, right? So uh, Judith Hogue, who played April, was asked not to reprise her role because uh, she was a complainer, and she uh, huh. also didn't like the violence in the film. And they're like, well, well, "Well, we'll get somebody else." Yeah, Megan Fox had the same situation yeah. with the old Transformers deal, I think. Uh, so uh, Shredder, and we mentioned this: uh, Shredder and the Foot Clan's hideout were filmed in an abandoned cement factory. Uh, called the Ideal Cement Factory outside of Wilmington, North Carolina, in Castle Hain. Yeah, that's the town, Castle Hain. <clears throat> this location is also used in uh, Super Mario Brothers, uh, 1993, and Top Dollar Nightclub in The Crow, uh -huh. 1994. So, you know, we I mentioned this earlier, but in order to disguise how cumbersome and sometimes very slow the turtles' costumes were and the dialogue and yep. so on. They actually shot them at 23 frames per second. So when they were played at normal speed of 24, 
they appeared a bit sharper, and they also shot the fight scenes at 22 or 23 for the same reason. Now, uh, you'd mentioned this earlier. Jim Henson uh, died about a month and a half after the film's release. Mm -hmm. He did, uh, so he provided the costumes um, partially because of this... Uh, this uh, friendly Friendship. gesture mm -hmm. between him and Steve Barron for having worked on uh, a video of his. and uh, But he did have, even though he liked uh, and was proud to help advance animatronics, that he viewed the violence as excessive, pointless, and not his style. So mm -hmm. he had questions about the violence yeah. of the film. Yeah. And you know, uh, also we mentioned earlier, but Corey Feldman was offered only 1500 bucks to do the voice uh, for this. And he accepted, believing that the producers, what they told him, which is that this was a small, low-budget, independent film, hoping that it would have moderate success on VHS, if they were lucky. Little did they know, 200-plus yeah. million dollars later. So, essentially, Corey Feldman did not read the syllabus. He did not, yeah. He yeah. did not understand the assignment, as <laughs> they say nowadays. He didn't understand the assignment. Now, I happen to do a little bit of research. Yes. I found an actual copy of the script from the movie. Corey Feldman had 52 lines. Yeah. Most of them, four words or less. Now, I'm not saying that means he shouldn't be paid very much. I'm only saying that it's not like the dude was the lead actor in the film. But on the other hand, they 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 definitely scammed him for fifteen hundred bucks. So at the voting time, or at, 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 at the, the time of time. this recording, yeah, for voting for the AV Council, the the people who have uh, their votes in, Brad's obviously a yes with his nomination, mm -hmm. and uh, we haven't heard from April. Brandon and Kyle both said no. Okay, Matthew Wade. So that's a one yes, two no's. Matthew Wade said yes. Two and two. Because he loves the film. Jeremy Clifford said no. Ooh, two to three. Rachel and Nathan haven't heard from them. Not yet. Uh, Adam, surprise, surprise, said yes. Captain Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Adam. Yes Man. I think he even said, I'll just kick it off as Yes Man yeah. right off the bat. Uh, and uh, guess, we don't have a guest vote from Ryan yet. But the way that Brad plays his games, and he likes things very political, and uses his guest voters well, so and he, was he guest and voter. Ryan are um, about as close as you and me, really, uh, in terms of just intimacy, cuddling, spooning, all of that. I can tell everybody yeah. how many hairs are on your left arm. Oh, yeah, and, and it's not a lot. Mm -hmm. I have kind of a hairless, almost freakishly hairless, freakishly left hairless arm. ape. Yeah. Um, so, and the Facebook poll is a dominant yes, like oh, well time. over the five to one split that we usually have. And only six on the Facebook poll, only six haven't seen it. Yeah. Normally that's a much larger number, so clearly a lot of people have seen so, it. So, we have, now, yes, the Facebook poll could turn, but it likely won't. So, we would say, let's say four confirmed yeses. Five with Ryan. Throw Ryan in, we got five. We need two more. We need two more. And between and Nathan, I feel like he's going to say yes because he was very excited in the poll of, like, let's do this. Did he not also say that he was... He's, he said, ready to drop my uh, my review any second my now. Review, he said, but that was... Uh, two weeks I think ago. That was in December. Yeah, it was a long it time was, ago. I think before the turn of the year. Yeah. Um, I think that this... Uh, well, obviously, it's not going to be... a. It's not going to be a clean sweep in any direction. We already have three no's. 
I think it's going to be yes. Do you think? I think that the the April way the, may have already let Brad know what her vote might have I, been. I I don't know. Like she was kind of like griping at people on the Facebook page saying like. You guys say you love watching this movie, but you're not going to make it Pantheon? Or, you know, there was like some... She uh, said that. There was some comments like huh. that. Um, well, then maybe it's got a chance. So, I think that it probably gets uh, seven. You think? Yeah. Squeaks in? It squeaks in. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think uh, it's going to make it? Do you think he's going to get two out of the remaining three? I think he has better than a 50% chance of yes, but like 51%. Now, you and I are not voting. Oh, no, we don't get a vote. Except for well, the Facebook poll. We can vote on the Facebook poll. But you and I, our votes don't count. They do on the Facebook poll, but not individually. Um, but say your vote would be if you were voting tonight. All right. So I recently switched from computer teaching computer science to teaching engineering, and I decided to go at it with an engineer's point of view and lay it out mathematically without seeing what the result was as I tabulated my scores, right? Yep. Went through all the categories... And at the very end, it came out a uh, 4.2. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's got to be a 4.5. Well, yeah, that's, those pantheon. are the rules. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the rules you and I have talked. I know other people may have their own rules. And so the X Factor would have pushed it up there. But for me, even with the X Factor, still doesn't it would make have to it. be a 0.3 of an X Factor well, to get yeah, it up have there. To put, push it and, up there. Uh, without doing all of the engineering ninjutsu that you go through, right. that I am at about the same place. Around the same place. Uh, you know, it's between a 4. To 4.5, but leaning closer to the 4. So like 4.2 right in there is where I would put it. And X Factor, same thing. Like, it would need a lot more for me Mm -hmm. to put it over the edge. So Mm -hmm. for me, the vote is no. It's not, yeah. But I still think that the council, when all the other votes... Uh, that I think it's going to squeak out with yeah. a seven. Like we said, there's three outstanding votes. One of them we're pretty sure is going to be a yes already. I'm sorry. There's three outstanding votes regardless of that one with uh, Rachel, Nathan, and April. And, um, you know, it is two of those. I think the last time that you and I came together as a uh, unified force on saying no was uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. And, and we, we were saw, so we correct. We saw how that turned out. No, so, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm not we, talking about whether it's in Pantheon. I'm saying yeah, we were correct. Yeah, we nailed it. So, <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. Anyway, I would, I'd like to say, Brad, thank you for nominating this uh, this movie. It was fun to revisit. It was oh, it really fun was. to talk about. There's, uh, it's an interesting way to start off this season, so we'll see where things go from here. As opposed to our very first companion yeah. talk, of our very first season we did, Dear which was Dear Zachary. Oh, she kills oh, a baby. So, oh. any final comments uh, from you before we close? Oh, I'm so glad to be. I'm so glad to be back. I'm so glad to be back in the yeah, studio. It's like a six a month podcast. hiatus. It feels like forever. Yeah. But uh, no, this was this was a blast. I appreciate uh, again, like you said, I appreciate the nomination. It was so much fun to watch, and it was so much fun to talk about. But um, you know. You know, maybe next time, right? Maybe the next one. We'll see where it goes. As always, uh, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. I did. Where can Videoland find you, On Mr. Miggity Facebook? Facebook? Although yeah. it's not called the Facebook anymore, but whatever. Yeah. The Mome or Meta. the Mima. Meta. Or the Mimo or yeah, Meta. Yeah, Meta. 
So uh, you can uh, you can find me also on Facebook, and you can find us Adventures in Video Land on Instagram. You find us uh, on our website adventuresinvideoland.com, where there's tons of information that you can read about Pantheon and lots of other things and interesting, fun um, satire stories. I'll call them. And, and there's a lot of other things happening yep. besides pantheon with the verses and the, all the special and marathons and yeah. marathons lots of stuff and it's all starting up uh, again for season seven right now mm-hmm. but the conversation always begins and ends on facebook you have been listening to criticism in its finest hour until next time video landers calabunga no it's <clears throat> not working not, for me no, no. I don't think that's... how about this we, we love, love you, you. Wow! <laughs>